0: Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman and Joe Chung. And uh, this is a very special show. This is Mark's last regular appearance on the podcast as he goes on to bigger and brighter things or funner things or whatever.
1: Other things. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how is that supposed to make me feel about sticking around?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's leaving us all in the dust.
2: Enjoy, enjoy the view. Looking up at me uh, from will, now
0: on, Joe. <laughs> I will enjoy looking at your petard.
1: Um, <laughs> I got a important facts for you guys to drop on Mark's last episode. This is the latest episode in the year that we've ever recorded when all three of our NFL teams are still in playoff contention. I looked it up. The Jets and Lions were well, I mean, eliminated in like week twelve, <laughs> week eleven. Week I was 14. gonna say like pretty much since what the 90s <laughs> hey, hey hey, i think the jets went to the playoffs in like 2010 or something but yes so
2: our beat our beat writer made a joke that watch aaron Rodgers is going to turn this into a playoff run and then everybody loses that's in the wild card race and then uh packers won so if the packers went out and everybody else keeps losing then they can backdoor their way in somehow even though they're trash
1: what well they still have a they still have a chance to the Jets still have a chance, and I saw, and I kind of agree with this, someone was saying how the Packers, if they get in, are, like, better as a seven seed because they play loose, whereas,
0: like, when they're the one seed, you guys always
1: are not. They good. always choke. And yeah, you're choke. always, like, you can't deal with the pressure,
0: so good luck. Yeah, I'm saying the Packers is trash from a Lions fan. That's a, that's a little bit much. Hey, we beat uh, but, you. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, the Packers won their Super Bowl, right, as, like, the five or six seed as a wild card. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl so I agree every time they've gone in as the favorite it's been pretty ugly and uh, it's been nice to see a little bit of a run but they still have a lot of challenges the Packers are definitely you know not the best team in the league let's just put it that way I mean uh, a lot of challenges but exciting to I had written off the season so just the fact that it's a possibility at this point is kind of exciting I think all they need is the commanders to lose one game and then they win out and they'll do it or if the Giants lose two games and they win out, they'll do it. So there's there's a couple possibilities there.
2: The only thing we're all doing is all our teams are getting a worse draft pick, and they're all going to miss the playoffs. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> wait, what are the lines? The Jets have to win out, and then they need um,
1: Miami to lose one more, or no, New England to lose one more. Excuse me. So
2: yeah, we have to win out, and then either Commanders have to lose one, or Seahawks have to lose one, or maybe both. I don't know. Oh, so, so if we beat the Seahawks for you next week, yeah, that'd be good. You know, We help you out. So we're all helping each
1: other out. Green Bay, the only reason why I know Green Bay is even in contention is because Green Bay beat Miami to keep us alive. So thanks. Appreciate that.
0: And thanks for that uh, crap talking you did in Slack about the Packers too, Joe. I really appreciate that. Hey, I needed them to win and I needed to reverse jinx them and it worked. So I'm happy. It did. Well, I, I was happy to Got to watch the game with my dad, which was nice. I didn't watch too many games this year with him. So that was fun. And I just got back home from the cruise, Carnival Cruise number five of the year, which I'm happy to say was much better than Carnival Cruise number four of the year. So no Walmart of the Seas this time. Very happy about that overall a pretty good uh, experience on the seas and the weather was really nice down there we left vegas and it was really cold it was in the like 40s as a high 20s is a low which i know many people listening in the various parts of the country right now are laughing at those temperatures but went to mexico nice and warm came back to vegas it's nice and warm here in the 60s but yeah the weather up there how's it going mark i know that detroit didn't get it as bad as it could have been compared to some places
2: no everything around us got it bad but detroit was like an inch of snow wasn't too icy or anything i think seattle was the craziest to watch people like roll sliding on their belly down hills and cars just rolling and (laughs) doing 360s and hitting everything on the way down a hill an inch of ice on the street it was just not i don't know why people were even trying to drive out there but no here it was it was decent and uh my dad he likes he's getting old so he watches the news and he's weird like all that now so he called me this week and he's like hey i don't know if you noticed but you, I know you don't watch the news, but you better go grocery shopping because you're probably going to be like snowed in for three to four days. You're getting like 15 inches. And I was like, okay, buddy, You'll, let's see. So I sent him a text on uh, Saturday night with the... Uh quarter inch of snow we had and said oh man
0: it's unbearable out here i don't know how we're going to survive how about you joe how did you survive with this weekend's weather uh it
1: was okay we came down to new jersey a little bit earlier to avoid i mean it was only going to rain here just in the eastern seaboard in general we had to drive through the rain but it wasn't too bad i need your dad to call me mark because i had like no idea that this cold snap was coming and so i've been paranoid that uh you know our downstairs wait don't
2: you teach like science at
1: school yeah, that doesn't mean I follow the weather. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and so uh, I've been like paranoid this whole time. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty much starting relaxed about it now, but I've been paranoid that the downstairs neighbor has called, there's water coming in through the ceiling because like our pipes burst or something because, uh, you know, it hit single digits feels like in Boston. And I didn't, I, I left my temperature a little lower than I normally do, but uh, I think it's okay. I haven't gotten any calls yet. That makes me wonder, Sean, like in Vegas, if it hits 20, like, are your houses even set up in a way to like protect the pipes from, you know, cause in the Northeast and the Midwest, all those places, like they won't have any pipes exposed anywhere with water in them, but you know, y'all probably still have your garden hoses plugged in still.
0: Yeah. We don't do a good job of that. It's always a story on the news every year when we're going to get below, you know, freezing overnight to make sure that you insulate your, you know, your outdoor pipes and stuff like that, your garden hose, your landscaping systems. And It's funny because they always say just, if you don't have anything, put like tape over it, like electrical tape or something. We really don't know how to handle this kind of stuff here in the West. So it does happen a little bit, but I've never had any pipe pipe bursts. I've never gone out and insulated them. But the vast majority of the stuff in the newer houses is, is, I think, insulated anyway and underground. So it's not too bad. But yeah, I mean, what was some of those temperatures like West Yellowstone minus 45 degrees and I mean, I just can't even fathom those types of temperatures. I, yeah, I I feel bad for everybody there and I I feel bad for everybody who was trying to travel over the holidays this year because yeah, so many flight cancellations. What was it? Southwest 56% of their flights were canceled. 60, 66% at this point, wow. it was
1: 56 like earlier today and like an hour ago, someone pointed out that it was 66% of their flights have been canceled, which is nuts.
2: Yeah. And they, they just like shut down their call centers at some points and I think a whole bunch of the uh, offloading crew and stuff in Denver quit. So it was a mess before the storms even came and they're having problems. And, you know, you're seeing stuff on Twitter of what the baggage claims look like and just, you know, bags everywhere in Chicago And a lot of them weren't even supposed to go to Chicago, but they just ended up in Chicago and there's people are losing stuff all over. And Southwest is a mess. I've never been a big fan of them as an airline. Everybody always, you know, celebrates what they used to be. And I don't think they're anywhere close to the customer friendly airline they used to be back in the day. And whenever they do have these type of issues, they just they have no ability to correct it. And it just falls apart. We've seen this time and time again and they don't have interline agreements, they can't, they just basically are like, they're worse than spirit. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, they don't have any, I, I guess I didn't know, because I never fly them, that they don't have any interline agreements. I remember it was like big news that Delta canceled some of theirs, but I didn't realize Southwest was in the same situation. I mean, I don't know how they're going to make everyone whole. And I, I saw, I think either Seth Miller was saying it himself, or he was retweeting someone saying it, but it's not like going to be days for them to fix it. It might be like a week or so to fix. I mean, 66% in one day, that's just nuts. And you figure all those flights are full too.
0: Yeah. It's not easy to just like ramp up capacity and you probably have busy flights because this is a busy travel time even after Christmas. So the flights that are scheduled for this week are already probably pretty full. And uh, yeah, I saw some reports of people getting quoted by Southwest a week out to get back home, things like that. And it's just a mess, right? I mean, this is a perfect example why it's not great to travel during the holidays, but what is it, like 100 million Americans, they travel, most of those are driving, uh, but I think 7 million people fly, if that's the number I saw. So uh, tons of people still travel during the holidays, and this is kind of like a once-in-a-generation kind of storm, right, that it, all these things happen, but it's still pretty common to have weather delays and things like that during the holidays, And I guess it's more important now to kind of think about that. Think about insurance, thinking about all the different strategies we use in this hobby to get ahead, I guess, of the other people, rebooking things and stuff like that. Those types of skills probably come in handy more now than ever.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, outside of credit card, trip insurance and travel insurance, to get like an actual travel insurance plan is is probably more beneficial than it's ever been just because of all the issues people have had in airlines being understaffed, not having as many routes. And when, you know, you have these cancellations and you rebook, nobody, you know, the, the credit card companies aren't going to pay for the flights when you rebook them. But the travel insurance that you buy separately will. And you can usually get a yearly rate at a decent price. So I definitely think that's something... That I'm considering a lot more. I never considered it in the past. Um, as far as traveling during the holidays, I pretty much avoid it. We always try to have the family uh, get together a week or two ahead of time before the holidays. One, prices are cheaper. Two, you have a little bit more leeway and l- wiggle room, and things just aren't as bad. So we always try to do that. The one exception I would make is like Thanksgiving if you're going overseas because one, they're not celebrating it, and two, it's not peak season. So I think that's the one holiday I would travel on, but like around Christmas and stuff, we always do it either a couple weeks before or a couple weeks after. I know grandparents want to wake up and see the grandkids opening presents, but it's just too crazy for me. You ever
1: heard of Zoom, Nana?
2: Exactly. Yeah. My mom tries to guilt me into going to Florida every year. And I was like, see, this is what I'd be in. I'd be stuck down there for weeks. But I think when you get into a situation like this, you just have to say, you know what? Cost doesn't matter, especially with us that have miles and points book whatever you can book and don't worry about it. Like you're just going to eat it. And you have to kind of understand that. And because if you're waiting on the airline to make it right, it's going to take them a week when you could book a different airline and you're going to pay out the nose, but you'll get home, which is important with work and everything else. Were you guys following miles talk
1: at all on Twitter the last couple of days? No, he was like trying to go to Aruba and then JetBlue canceled his flight last minute or something like that. Or Delta canceled. I don't United missed. I don't remember. But bottom line is some airline somewhere. Bottom all, bottom line was he was on the phone for like eight to 10 hours, ended up paying out the nose to fly in a different carrier anyway in the end just to get where he was going. So like you said, Mark, if you're at this time of the year traveling, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and uh, deal with it. I will put in a quick plug. Uh, I'm on hold in my other ear for a client whose flight got canceled today. So if you're going to Disney or Universal at a time like this, it's nice to have a travel agent to be on hold for you because I've been on hold for like two hours and uh, probably will still be on hold while we're done with this uh, podcast. So have you gotten calls from more clients or is it just the one so far? Oh, it's just the one. Thank goodness. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter since when you're on hold, like I could do it, do them all at once. It hasn't happened. But the worst thing would be uh, if I find out one client got canceled and then found out another one after I get off the this phone call with Disney, that would be terrible. Because then I have to, you totally just jinxed yourself. Yeah. No, no one else is yeah. traveling. So I should be good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have
0: too many clients who travel over Christmas. They're like you, Mark. Smart people. Smart people. <laughs> Joe picks his clients well. I did want to make another point about insurance. I have that Allianz uh, Global uh, Insurance uh, yearly policy. I think I paid like $450 for the year. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. I had one claim. They were pretty slow in paying it out, but it was uh, quite a bit more than I paid for my premium. So it already paid for itself for more than one year. But I know a lot of people in the hobby are sort of cheap, right? They don't always see the value in paying for stuff like that, uh, even though I think Mark's advice is good. But if you are planning on relying on credit card benefits, Make sure that you know exactly what those benefits are. Go into the terms and conditions. Find out if you have to pay for the whole flight. Uh, Like, for instance, the Sapphire Reserve is really good because you can pay with points, uh, like in the Ultimate Rewards Portal, and still, you know, get coverage. Uh, Whereas, like the Amex Platinum card, you have to book the entire round-trip airfare on that card in order to get any sort of benefits. And, you know, you also have some requirements for let's say you do have insurance benefits and you're gonna do spending for groceries or hotel or whatever, that has to be on that specific card. So there are all these kind of rules and earlier this year when I went through that with my cancel flight in Dallas, somebody, I'm somebody who's pretty used to kind of navigating all this stuff and I still went through all the rules and it still felt like a daunting process because I had never done it before. And so it's important to to kind of do that before you book your trips, have a little bit of a plan so that if something goes wrong, you kind of know that you use the right card and that you have some protection. That at least helps maybe make you whole, especially if you end up having to pay for high hotel fees, rental car fees, stuff like that. So this there is stuff you could do ahead of time. But yeah, if you could avoid traveling during the holidays or at least flying during the holidays, like I booked this cruise for December 17th through the 24th, but out of LA, so I knew I could drive down there. It would be really easy. I didn't need to book flights it worked out really well. So, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind. But I understand why people want to see their families during the holidays. I mean, I understand the the temptation of it. But if you're in this hobby, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're nerdy about this stuff like us, give yourself the best chance. Use this as, a, as an example to make sure you got your ducks in a row for the next time that you travel during a bad season. But man, minus 45 degrees. I can't get over that. I can't get over some of the the things like you said in Seattle earlier, all those ice people driving up, and it reminded me of ten years ago in Vegas, we had the biggest snowstorm I've ever seen. and watching Las Vegas try to drive in like ice and snow was uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So kind of like what we saw in Seattle. The
1: thing is like if if you're in Las Vegas, you know you just need to wait like two days. it'll be fifty degrees, and everything'll melt. like so if you're not like essential or anything, you know you could just stay home for two days and probably avoid you know, a lot of
2: headaches and accidents. So be smarter, Las Vegas, but then we wouldn't have fun on Twitter. So no, go out there and spin your car like a helicopter and hit everything on the street. It's great. Thank you. Thank you for being an idiot.
1: (laughs) One last crazy Christmas travel story. Ryan Flanagan was sharing on the MTM diamond slack. I don't know if you should have him write an article on it, Sean. But he was coming back from LA to Las Vegas. His flight got canceled. He went through like three car rental companies to find a rental car to come home because he had to come home from work, drove his wife and kid home, and then is going to drive the car back because they wouldn't let him do a one way and then take the rescheduled flight to come back to Las Vegas. So a lot of shenanigans that you got to go through, but that is using his miles and points knowledge to like figure it out.
2: I don't feel if he went to like the Alamo at, Uh, in vegas and said here's your car they're gonna be like nope yeah can't take it back yeah no you gotta drive it over there i understand what mark's saying
1: (laughs) they wouldn't let him they wouldn't let budget he ended up with budget and they wouldn't they said he couldn't drop it off one way in las vegas but i agree with you mark i don't know uh if he just dropped off what are they gonna do like turn the car turn the car away or what
2: yeah they'll hit him with some fees but i don't know unless it's worth your time i'm always hoping to get bumped again when he goes out there and he got a couple vouchers and everything but i'd be like oh no it's not worth the time (laughs) unless you just want a couple days away from the the wife and kids then okay go for it he he only has one kid right yeah he doesn't know the pain yeah,
1: cause yeah, he lives his life like he lives his life like he has no kids. But at least, like having one kid, you know, you can kind of understand. Like there's only one kid there. Because if you have more than one kid, you can't do that kind of nonsense.
2: I love how everybody everybody that has one kid thinks it's really hard, and then you have the second kid, and you're like, what was I complaining about? It's like three times harder with two, and then by the time you get the third one, you just don't care, right, Joe?
1: Yeah, I don't care. I just leave them all, <laughs> leave them all in Los Angeles. I just, just go back to Vegas by myself. Yeah, pretty much.
0: What what's funny about Ryan's story is that for the cruise I just ended up renting a one-way car rental down to Long Beach and then back from Long Beach. So I actually did the same drive that he did that day although I did have a one-way car rental. You could have given him a ride, bro. He didn't well, it was a few hours later. I didn't know about it until until after that. And uh, that's one place where elite status with car rental companies comes in handy. Uh, With National, my executive elite status over COVID, you know, when there was such a shortage of cars, I found that when you log in with your executive elite status, oftentimes it'll say sold out and then you log in and suddenly there's cars. So it's not guaranteed, but there are some things that you can do to do that. There are some one-way codes that people may qualify for that waive those one-way charges as well. So that's another place to kind of up your game, especially if when things go wrong.
2: Yeah, did you see the uh, on Twitter the guy's Tesla uh, charging port got frozen over, I think, in Seattle? I mean, <laughs> talk about getting kicked while you're down. I did see that. It's just
0: <laughs> that is one downside to electric cars that I feel like electric car owners don't talk about is if you have like a major disaster or, you know, like the power grid is out or something like that and you don't have juice in your battery, then that kind of pretent- that's a potential problem. It's one reason I liked having a gas vehicle and an electric, although now we just have the Tesla because we're down to one vehicle. So as I say that, I am that person in that position if the power <laughs> goes out or something. I'm I'm totally screwed, but yeah, it's it's fun.
2: Yeah, rolling rolling blackouts, you ain't going no, anywhere. No, and that's a downside, but
0: <laughs> you just got to
1: charge at the right time,
0: you know, while the
1: blackout's
2: not rolling to you. That's why I'm always surprised that I mean, I know like hybrids have the gas tank built in there too. But you think there'd be like a little emergency gas tank or something just because like if you die, if your car runs out of energy in the middle of the desert, like you're just screwed. I know it's the same as gas, but you're going to pass a lot more gas stations than you would uh, recharging stations. So until they get to that point, I'm just surprised that
0: there's not some other way to make it work. Is there a portable battery you can throw in the trunk? (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that, that are good enough. But tow trucks do carry these machines now that have uh, power inverters and they can give you a little bit of a charge. Uh, Some of them have that, or you can get towed to a charger. And there's more and more chargers now. So we're kind of like in that transition period where you're right. I mean, obviously it's much more convenient to get gas, right? There's a gas station on every exit, uh, but it's getting better with chargers. So, you know, as more and more, I think there's tons of new EVs, right? There's 25 new models coming on the market next year to join dozens and dozens of models. Now you'll start to see electric cars actually take over and sell more than gas cars and I think you'll slowly see gas stations convert some of their spaces over for charging. I know that's happening here but it's still uh, something to consider and I feel like electric vehicle fanboys totally ignore some of the issues with charging and some of the potential downsides and some of the benefits of uh, internal combustion engines but uh, I know I'm gonna get some Tesla fanboy hate. I still love my Tesla though and best car I've ever had. And I've never had any issues with that. I don't mind stopping to charge. Wow. So we got a Joe Jinx and now we got a Sean Jenks this episode. (laughs) Well done. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get stuck out in the middle of the desert. After he said he, (laughs)
2: after he said it's his only car.
0: (laughs) Hey, at least I'm, at least I'm uh, being honest with that. Well, speaking of cars, I heard you want to give us one last Dasher Diaries for the road. Yeah, I
2: haven't actually DoorDash in in several months, but I had a couple that I was thinking about that I I don't think I talked about at all. So uh, one was, you know, my, my wife says I like to think of speed limits as a suggestion instead of a law. So I'm usually speeding at some point. And this happened, I had picked up food and I was just a couple miles away from my house heading out. And I actually, you go like right by a police station, but our city is pretty small. So there's like maybe two cops working at any time. So I never really see them. Lo and behold, guy comes down, spins around, pulls me over. I I think I was doing like 12 to 15 over something like that. He walks up, you know, does the normal questions, looks at the bag. You can smell the food, looks at the bag. And I swear (laughs) he had like, he felt so bad for me that I was (laughs) delivering DoorDash. Then he went back to his car for like two seconds and then came back and was like, all right, you're good to go. Just slow down. He's like, this guy's just trying to make ends meet. <laughs> this is his third job, trying to help
1: his family, this poor dude.
2: <laughs> Look, you see so many cop, uh, those videos of cops delivering DoorDash after they arrest people. And this guy's like, I can't give him a ticket, man. And I don't want to deliver this food. Yeah, he's like, I don't got time to deliver this food. <laughs> Fringe benefit. <laughs> but no, he just looked at me. He looked at me and then he looked at the bag. And he was like, oh, man. And he literally went back for like three seconds and then came back. He's like, all right, you just slow it down. Okay, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. I don't want this food to get cold. Were you on time for delivery or not? Yeah. The whole pullover took like less than two minutes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Maybe he's just had cold food delivered too many times, and he just felt for the person you were bringing food to. True. He's like, I can't do that to them. True. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, But
1: how how does he know you're a Doordasher and not just like getting takeout for your family or whatever?
2: Because it was in the Doordash bag, so you just assume. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've put I've put our food in there too, but
1: oh, I forgot. Do they give you one of those bags to keep the stuff warm?
2: Yeah, they give you one, and then you can buy more for like eight bucks. So I do throw if I'm picking up food, I'll throw our food in it too because it does do a good job but you know it was right on the front seat he could easily see it and you can smell it and he's like oh okay buddy my bad sorry you know you, you be on your way you're <laughs> you're just a sad guy down on his luck you know have a good day so this is a good hack right everybody should get themselves a doordash food bag if they make food scented spray or something you just spray it as soon as you get pulled over and be like oh man sorry right. i was gonna run late now you know i can't get docked pay Wait, so why'd you stop? Just not not worth the squeeze? No, I just got busy with everything else going on. Like I still enjoy it. I just, you know, all the stuff going on, end of year stuff. And then uh ramping up on the miles and points stuff, I just didn't really have the time anymore. But you know, we'll see what next year brings. I kinda miss it. So it was always like we've talked about, it was good just to get like a break and silence and going point A to point B and that's all you think about and listen to music and all that stuff. So One other one. Well, I have two other stories. Do we have time for two stories? It's your show, bro. It's your show. (laughs) Okay. So this one, this other one happened a while ago. It was like early on and it was uh, Olga's, which is like a Mediterranean fast food place around here. They have euros and and all that kind of stuff. So pretty good food. And it was one item and I think it was like 11 or $12 in pay. So I was like, okay, you know, it was a little bit of a drive into uh, a, a richer area, but i went in and the one item was like basically an orange shake like a uh, like a cooler shake or something like a dreamsicle type of shake and it was a small one so it was like 12 ounces and i'm like all right i'm getting paid like 11 12 for this that means she probably paid you know like close to 20 dollars for this one (laughs) this one shake like you must have some mad like cravings for it so i drive out there it's a really big house nice house and i walk up to the door I go to set it down and this was kind of early on in, in the whole thing. So COVID was still, you know, on everybody's mind and everything. And all I hear is like an old lady's voice through the door. Like, can you just put it, can you just set it down in front of the door? And I felt so bad that she paid me so much to, <laughs> and paid so much to deliver one small shake that I saw her garbage cans at the end of the road. And I was like, do you want me to grab your garbage cans for you and bring them up? Cause she had a big, long driveway is a you know, a nice house. And she's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. So I don't know what she was thinking, but I went back and dragged two two garbage cans up to the side. That's that Midwest hospitality mark. <laughs> I respect that. I was, you know, <laughs> she probably thought I was hoping for an extra tip. I'm like, you already tipped me enough. Like, I feel so bad that you paid this much for this small, tiny, dinky shake that I feel like I need to do something else for you. So we did that. And. I don't know. Never heard from her. Didn't get a review.
0: You're a little bitter about it. <laughs> You're holding the grudge. I think
2: I'd get five stars off that. I'm surprised she even knows how to work the app, man. <laughs> yeah. If she's that old. I don't know. Maybe like a daughter or son ordered it for her. I've had that happen a couple times where they'll order it as like a surprise for their parents or something and I'll drop off like a meal and stuff. So maybe that was the thing. But it was just, I'm like, you paid this much just for this one drink, but whatever. Okay. So last one. I, I went to that Dash Mart which uh, we've talked about, which is like their party store or whatever. And I had to deliver it into uh, Detroit, like where people live in Detroit. So not the best area. And uh, it was in the summer or whatever. So I pull up, it was two items. Joe, can you
1: guess what the two items were? I don't know. You know, I was, I'm always going with toilet paper. And uh, we'll go with, let's go with mustard this time. Since that other time it was ketchup, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> All right, Sean, you got uh, a couple guesses? Toothpaste. No, I don't know. Party store, you said. So I, 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 I don't know.
2: It's like, it's like their version of like a uh, uh, quick mart or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go
0: Coke and toothpaste.
2: I pull up and a guy's getting out of a car at like the same time. We're walking up to the house together. I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, that's probably for my girl. I'm like, okay. So I knock on the door. I don't know why I didn't just give it to him, but I was like, I'm, you know, I got to deliver it here or whatever. It says hand it to me. So I knock on the door. She opens it in like lingerie and he's like, oh, okay, thanks. And it was condoms, Joe. You, you always guess condoms, but you didn't guess it this time.
1: Oh my gosh. You always got to stick with your you got to always stick with the number 1. And then
2: <laughs> And then the to go with the condoms. I don't know if this is for before or after. It was flaming hot cheetos <laughs> or during, right? I hope I hope I hope it's I hope it's for after. No, I hope it's for after.
1: <laughs> that's that's not safe. That feels like it would burn. That is not safe. <laughs> That is not that is not safe.
2: But I I I, I look <laughs> when I when I look at the items, I'm like condoms and flaming hot Cheetos. Like who would have thought those two go together? That's a good one. I'm glad
0: that you uh, I'm glad that you saved that one for us. That's the way to go out, Mark. I again I respect that as well. Now how often did that happen where somebody opened the door inappropriately dressed?
2: Uh, just that was like the only time. Another time it was like a late night delivery. It was like Tide Pods or something weird like that. And the woman opened the door, but she like hid behind it. So I don't know what was going on back there, but I'm assuming it was some type of nighty or something that she didn't want to be seen in. That's the only other time that anything like that has happened. Most of the time, it's just leave at the door and go. I hate when they say hand it to me. Don't ever do that. If you're ordering food, don't say hand it to me, because then they gotta just take extra time unless you're going to tip them more for it. It's very annoying. <laughs> Why would people do that? Like The whole point of me ever using
1: a food delivery service is to not talk to a single human or interact with anybody. Just like leave it on the doorstep and text me. That's what I always say.
2: I think one is people aren't very trust trusting. So they want to like see that they got it or whatever. And then two, if they're not, you know, if you leave it outside and you send them a text, but they don't pay attention to their phone that much, it could sit out there for a while. So I think it's more that where they want hand it handed to them. So they get it like as hot as possible. And, but there's been times I've sat out there and banged for like minutes. I've even called I mean, like, hey, can you come to your door? Like, what the hell are you doing in there? That actually reminds me, I like, we have a
1: rat situation in our city, like, all cities. Oh, like Amex is all over the place? <laughs> someone, so someone told a story about how they ordered some, some kind of food delivery, and they brought it in, and there was a rat inside it. Oh, gross. Like, a rat had already gotten in it, and it had only been out on the porch for, like, three minutes, and so it was like, I, well, I'll spare you the details, but... Anyway, that rat was in their house. Dude, that reminds
2: me. I saw a Twitter ad this week of like this way to catch rats where it's a bucket. You put this lid on a bucket and you put peanut butter on the roof of it or whatever. And you put this like stick that they can climb up. And then when they get on it to go get the peanut butter, they drop out down like a false door into the bucket. And everybody's like, yeah, but what the hell do you do once they're in there? Like, what do you do with them? Like, that's the problem. If they're not dead, I don't want anything to do with it. Like, what, are you going to go drive your car out a couple miles and dump them in the street? Like, what's the point of that? Somebody said, fill it half full of water. That'll take care of them. But that's gross, too. And cruel. A little cruel.
1: I also never think those work. Like, the the humane traps,
0: at least for mice, they never work. You know what does work, Mark, is bypassing 524 with chasing cards. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't work, right? Uh, what, what happened today uh, as we're recording this on Monday? There was a big thing, people saying that there was a rumor. Somebody said that Chase's ignoring 524 on chasing cards through the end of the year but you tried it and other people tried it and bad luck right
2: yeah i think it was dan's deals that wrote it first they had like a chase insider that said ink cards 524 was dropped until the end of the year so everybody got excited doctor of credit wrote about it too and people were posting on reddit like their data points and lo and behold pretty much everybody got denied a couple people got through that were like Or at least got pending. I don't know if I saw any actual positive above 524 that got it. A lot of times people will be like, oh, I'm 524 or 624 and I got approved. Where they just miscalculated or forgot something or or counted too many cards or that type of thing. But people were even calling in after they got denied and were being told, no, you're over 524. We can't give you the card. I think even if a couple people slip through, that's kind of what we've seen with Chase over the last year or so. That you know Some people are let through above 524. It's very few. And uh, yeah, definitely nothing to do with them just getting rid of it for the end of the year. That was that was kind of fake news,
0: yeah, and which makes no sense, right? Why would they do that? Why would they just open up the floodgates for a few days
2: because they want to be like Amex, where they just print accounts and tell people it's new business,
0: <laughs> yeah? I mean, it's true. And wasn't there news this week that American Express is doing quite well with their strategy of shifting their? targeting to, you know, more normal people. Probably why we see the lounges so overflowing and all these offers. But despite the fact that they keep sending us crazy offers, I keep getting them. Uh, I have two new business platinums or my wife and I each have one in the last couple weeks and been getting them all year long. It seems to be working for them on a bigger scale. I'm guessing that most people aren't taking advantage of them in the same way that a lot of people in the hobby are, but good news for us there. But I feel bad for anybody who applied for an ink card I'm glad you got to write it up pretty quick to to set people straight. So hopefully they don't waste an inquiry.
2: Yeah, I even tried it just to to be sure. I tried it for myself and my wife and both. And it was weird when it was doing the pending thing in the background. All of a sudden you saw the outline of the card, like the design of the card, like you get when it's approval and you're like, (laughs) oh, cool. And then that goes away. And then it's like, bam, denied. You got that heart skipping a beat for a second. And then, and then, (laughs) so, yeah, I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) <laughs> I made it through and then it happened on both of them, which I thought was really weird. I don't know if that's always been that way and I haven't noticed it, but yeah, it totally gave you the outline of the card like they want to approve you. And then the system came in and said, wait, 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 they're over 524. Shut it down. Joe could get five of them himself for
1: for <laughs> Jess. Yes, theoretically but not in reality.
2: Just don't
0: tell her, man. Not everything needs to be shared in a marriage. It's okay. <laughs> he just smiles at us. No comment on that. I did want to, before we close out, this is the last show of the year. Mark wanted us to read mean reviews, but there haven't been any mean reviews of you, Mark. So you're being too nice. You're being too good. People love you too much. Boo. So uh, there haven't been any in a while. All the reviews have been great. And we do appreciate everybody who leaves this review on Apple Podcasts. Continue doing that. If you listen to the show, you like it. Five-star reviews help us out a lot. But I thought we'd end the the show by making one prediction for the new year, miles and points related, travel related. What is 2023 going to be like? Because 2022 was wild, right? We came in still almost in full pandemic mode. And I was traveling a lot earlier in the year. And I was talking to Jasmine how, you know, we did took our first cruise the end of January and everything was still full COVID protocols. Taking our cruise this week, you know, there's no anything anymore, right? Everything is sort of back to normal. And there's been various stages of that through the year. So I feel like that's the big story of this year as far as travel goes. But your biggest prediction for next year in the miles points travel space? I think that we're going
1: to start seeing a pullback both on like the amount of people traveling. And then also I think we will finally start seeing the generous get people back in the door miles and points policies rolling back, whether it be sign up bonuses or spending bonuses or things like that. I just feel like to think that it'll go another year as plentiful as it's been, I think would be not foolish, but you know, I just feel like it's, it's got to end. And I think hopefully I'm not going too much out on a limb, but 2023 is when it's going to end.
2: I agree with that domestically. I think internationally, there'll still be, I think this will be the big boomerang year for international travel. Cause I think a lot of people got into it this year, but I think there's even more that still haven't felt totally comfortable with it. So I think international will be big next year. Domestic will fall off a little bit. But my big prediction is dark and gloomy. I think partnership alliances, partner award bookings are going to be worth less and less and less. Uh, over the next year and and into the future with everybody going dynamic. I think it's going to be a lot harder to find uh, good bookings and and the partner awards are going to be harder to come by, which we've already seen this year somewhat. And with American Airlines going, you know, getting rid of award charts, it's going to get even worse, I think. Uh, There will still be some stuff internationally, but I think domestically partner award bookings are... Are pretty much dead and gone.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that 2023 is going to be the year of devaluations. I think we're going to see huge amounts of devaluations. It's going to cost more, and we've already seen that in a de facto way. American Airlines getting rid of their award chart—that's uh, a devaluation because you're going to just see more of these variable pricing models where the overall value just isn't good. And I also agree with you about travel. I think overseas travel to Asia, to Europe, I think that will be pretty strong this year. Uh, but I think a lot of the domestic travel might slow down. But we. Should also get capacity back up and staffing back up, um, but I also say that I think unlikely. <laughs> I actually think that sign-up bonuses are going to stay. The big sign-up bonuses. Are going to stick around. I feel like the banks have made it part of their strategy and they found a way to make it profitable for them. They're also earning more interest now on debt because of higher interest rates. So I I, I don't think they're going to stick around forever and maybe not through all of 2023, but I expect that we'll still see some pretty good sign up bonuses, at least in the early part of the year. And a lot of this has to do with the economy, right? And if the economy goes south, then we may see loyalty programs with generous promotions. I mean, we've all been around long enough to remember some of the really nice hotel promotions, airline promotions, status promotions, some of the stuff that's been run over the years that we haven't seen in a while. So maybe if the economy goes bad, we'll see some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. It's not going to be the greatest year uh, when it comes to miles and points as far as award availability i think it's time to up your game plan ahead on mr last minute travel but that bit me in the butt a couple times this year it also came into my advantage a couple times this year but next year i think i'll uh, get a little bit ahead of myself and i'll do the thing that i never do that you guys do maybe book some backup flights so uh, i'm not in a in a bad position you're not going to do that but yes noble gesture (laughs) you're right i'm not going to do it but it's nice to think about
2: (laughs) yeah i say if you if you find a decent price With all the uh, easy cancellation terms, yeah, book it now if you find decent and then keep checking. Don't, you know, in the past, you'd be like, hey, it's going to go lower. Like, that's not a great price. No, whatever you see, if it's, you know, average or better, book it. And then you can always change. Yeah. If it feels good, right.
1: And I was going to say, like if the one consumer friendly thing that I really hope airlines don't get rid of is this no change fees you know even if you have to bank it to travel bank or credit or whatever
2: come on Joe they said for life you know what I'm saying like but if they keep that
1: I mean I think that makes. I think they may have realized that they can still make tons of money off of us even without the change fees you know and they can just make it up another I mean prices are through the roof so they can just make the money that way so hopefully that stays if, if that went away in 2023 I would be pretty sad especially since always promised to me for life yeah for life i mean they wrote lyfe in the press release so you know that that's binding they will come bite him back in the butt like
2: so hard you know you know what i'm hope my dream is that we finally get some laws especially after this past week that when it's you know airline error they owe you money like enough enough's enough yeah it should have been done when they got the payouts from the pandemic but this this whole thing where they can have people quit on them and that's a good enough excuse to leave you stranded for four days and not give you any money is ridiculous.
0: NA-261, let's go. Yeah, it's it's good stuff if we can get more protections. Another prediction maybe is that we'll get some protections when it comes to fees. We know that there's some you know, proposals for resort fees and other things like, you know, disclosing a full price up front in the travel space. So hopefully we get some of that sort of stuff. But I agree with you. And how many flights do you think our insurance claims Southwest is going to claim weather when it was their employees and stuff on this stuff? So that'll be an interesting story to follow.
2: Yeah. Get the memo. Get the memo if you if you're fighting this.
0: Well, it's been uh, it's been a great year, an interesting year, uh, a year of a lot of change, in the travel space, in the miles and points space. And it's been a fun year doing this podcast with both of you. And uh, next week, Jasmine, my wife, is going to be here with us talking about our backstory 15 plus years of international travels of family. Her story is a really interesting one. And I feel like it doesn't get told enough because I'm the one out here doing this, but I'm excited to have her on the podcast and talk about the real uh, brains of the operation. She's the one who goes and gets waits in line. She's the one who calls. She does all kinds of great things. And uh, she's the one who homeschools our daughter. A lot of interesting stuff on that show. And Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. I do hope that you will uh, keep up on that offer to come back once in a while. So maybe we'll see you at some point soon and wish you the best of luck with everything that you do. As I've said on the site and everywhere else, it's been a true pleasure working with you for the last five plus years. And I wish you the best. Joe, uh, I'll see you around in a few weeks. You will be missed. It's it's been a real ride. I've appreciated it
1: almost every minute of it.
0: All the all the minutes I didn't appreciate I edited out. Yeah, your cheese story was going viral on Twitter or something I saw. So, yeah, good stuff. If people haven't listened to last week's show and in the meantime, everybody be safe. Have a great new year and we got Jasmine next week. Then we got Joe and Leslie from Disney Decipher Talking Disney the week after that. So, lots of good stuff in the new year. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to your favorite podcast app and head to mtmpodcast.com for links, everything else you need. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye, Mark. Bye. Uh, talk about the real uh, wind between – my. oh, my God. What am I saying? You should have stuck with – you should have stuck – no, I was going to say wind beneath my week when when I don't know. It was terrible. I it was, <laughs> behind the I was just second-guessing was myself.
1: <laughs> you know, that was nice right, and complimentary I'll stop it there. to her. And then you right, went so with Barbra and there. nonsense, which <laughs> –